Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I'm your host, Christian Ashleman, and this is the podcast where we chat a bit about our psycho-human brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. So today we are on episode 38. So thank you so much to those who've been out there following along, listening to episodes as we've been as we've been chugging chugging along here. Um, I really appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen. It does mean a lot to me. If you know someone who you think would enjoy Bed Letter and the content that we talk about, please feel free to share the podcast. I also appreciate that. Uh, if you are interested in signing up for the monthly newsletter or in joining the Bed Letter Community Discord server, you can head to cashleman.com. Over on my site there, I've got a blog that I write on as well as other info in regards to editing, tutoring, and mentoring services that I offer. If you really want to help support the show, I do have a Patreon page. Um, and if something in the show sparks a question or a comment and you want to share that, you can head to my blog, our community Discord server, or to my Instagram page, at cashleman. All of those are fantastic places to share your thoughts. So today, it's uh, it's May, f- May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, I hope everybody's getting their fill of Star Wars stuff in today. I have definitely not, but, you know... Um, we'll see. The, the day is still only halfway through. Um, I almost didn't really release an episode today. Uh, reason for that is that I have been super busy with just a lot of big things coming down the pike. Um, a lot of the stuff I've been busy with, um, other than just work, right, my, my day job, um, is is stuff tied with the podcast so there's a lot of things on the horizon i'm really really excited for for stuff that's coming down the pike here um definitely be tuning in to the episode on friday we're gonna you're gonna get a get a view of what kind of what's going on what what i've been working on a little bit and and uh, an idea of what's to come for the future of the podcast so we're definitely going to be turning over a new page and and stepping into some into some new territory but it's going to be really fun and i'm really 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 excited so again like i said to make sure you're tuned into friday's friday's episode um but given that i was thinking of you know not doing an episode today kind of taking it easy and just focusing on all the other things that i've got going on and while um I kind of have still been focusing on those things. I, I just wanted to hop on and make one. It kind of felt weird not making one as I've kind of committed myself and been in this routine of, of releasing these every every Tuesday and, and Friday. So this one is coming out a little bit later on Tuesday. I do apologize about that, but here we are. I decided, hey, let's just jump in and do it. And I've always wanted to do a poetry night type episode where I kind of just read some poems, sort of like an audio book, but instead of a book, it's just poetry. Um and kind of talk about them, talk about the things, uh, the different poems, and what I kind of the headspace I was in when I wrote them. So I'm just going to read a couple of different poems. We're going to keep it nice and relaxed, laid back today. And then, like I said, make sure to tune in at the end of the week on Friday for the next episode of Bed Letter, episode 39. So the first poem I'm going to read is very short, um, and it's called Shoestring Bows. Glowing stalks of brilliant yellow sifting through my open hands. Rolling hills and shaded meadows, shoestring bows in fantasy land. Sprawling danger from rosebud thorns, raced on through well numb. Metallic taste and blurry vision, my legs begin to run. Up and down across the scene, 
these feet have paced the rose, in simpler times of make-believe filled with shoestring bows. So that was a poem that I wrote. Uh, a lot of these poems actually are all from a, uh, they all kind of stemmed from a class I took back in 2019 in college. Uh, my last semester of college, I took this poetry class, and it seriously like changed the way I look at poetry, it changed the way I view poetry, it changed the way I write poetry. There's a lot of really um, very fruitful and helpful poetry exercises that we learned in that class. And a lot of the, well, the, the poems I'm reading today all kind of were birthed from that, right? From that renaissance of, of my own personal renaissance in this class of, of learning, learning how to kind of destroy the barriers of, of, of writing poetry and while at the same time putting some different ones up that are actually constructive and useful. Um, the poem itself is kind of just a, a childish poem, kind of a, a remembrance type thing where I'm remembering the simpler times of, of running around and in the field behind my house when I was growing up and me and my, my younger brother would always uh, find sticks that were alive but like cut off of trees, were broken off of trees so they could bend pretty good and we would take shoestrings and create bows and arrows and run around like we we're legless from Lord of the Rings and stuff and... Yeah, so I kind of just birthed that poem from that idea and from that 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 personal renaissance of being in that class, and it's kind of a fun. I think it's a fun activity or, or a fun um, and productive uh, activity to engage in when you're trying to write poetry is to almost write it like you're a child remembering it, or like or like like it was back then, simple um, and uh, almost sort of to the point not super long, not super um, in-depth, but at the same time sort of pulls you back to this new place, right? And that was kind of my goal with this one. I don't know. I can't remember. A lot of these poems underwent like 10 different editing sessions in like in that class. That was a big thing in that class. That class really taught me how to how editing works and how and and how valuable and how many times you can edit something and how you can just edit something into oblivion sometimes, right? Um for good or bad, you know, it is what it is. So that was the first, that was the first poem again called shoestring bows. The second poem I'm going to read is called electric track. And again, this was written during that, that uh, period in 2019, early 2019. I walk the halls of a different world motivated by grease and gears changed from the vague rhetorical letters that paint the walls of a reality I know. I'm sent through the funnel, machines built of nuts, bolts, and screws, intrigued yet confused. This wasn't a place I knew. They spoke a different language here, one filled with their own foreign syllables, slang that was complicated and arduous. I chose the right path for my own sake. Their speak wasn't one I could endure, using their minds for mechanical means, inventions and creations beyond my own comprehension. Yes, I do believe I chose the right path. So that poem is um, a poem that I wrote in regards to sort of considering the idea of whether or not I chose the correct major, right? As I was going through school, as I was getting my college education, um, many times you you know you doubt yourself, you doubt whether or not you chose the right thing, you doubt whether or not 
the thing you think you like is really something that you can do for the rest of your life or if it's something that you just enjoy and it's something that's play and not necessarily work, right? And there's a lot of times I, I considered, you know, whether or not psychology and th- stuff like that is was the right route for me uh, in school. And uh, this was kind of a fun little exercise because it also – not only was I questioning – my choices, my previous choices, you know, my choices in regards to my major, but I was also coming to an answer saying that, you know, walking through these, these halls, I was, you know, specifically, I remember I was walking through the engineering building when I, when I kind of came up with the idea for this poem, um, because the engineering building at uh, Utah State University where I went to school is, well, there's a lot of engineering buildings and they all have a lot of cool different things on the walls and pictures of things and different, you know, different inventions people have made and all kinds of different things in the hallways and, and out on display. And so it's kind of gets a little crazy when you're in there and you get a little lost, but, um, it's definitely incredibly interesting. And I, but whenever I was in there, I always would think, you know, this is definitely not my thing. And so, well, I think it's cool. It's not, it's not the thing that I would be passionate about. Right. And so at the end of the poem on this one, it's kind of just like a little summation of, you know, yes, I do believe I I did choose the right path, right? And I kind of needed that maybe at that time. I was finishing up school, trying to think about where I was going and what I was going to do with my life. And, and you know, sometimes you just need a little reminder and in the form of a poem that you kind of figure out yourself to help, you know, move you forward a little bit. Um, the, the poem itself is actually in a design of like a pyramid. If you looked at it, like electric track is the title and it's at the top. And then under that is I walk the halls. And then the next line is a little wider and wider and wider. It took us to the very bottom where it cuts in again. And it says, yes, I do believe I chose the right path. And so it's kind of supposed to almost look like a machine in a sense, like a, or, or, or like a path in another, in another sense, depending on how you look at it. Right. Cause it could look like some sort of machine with the words all put perfectly in this nice uh, funnel or at the same time if you look at it long ways it looks like it's a path extending out in front of you like you're walking it so that's kind of what I was going for I don't know if I fully achieved that here but uh, it's kind of a fun little poem so the next poem is a very fun poem that I wrote and uh, it's 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 it took a lot it took a lot of editing and it took a lot of reading it out loud to people in my class and, and things like that. But it's, it's definitely a fun poem. Um, albeit has, uh, has a couple swear words. So, you know, <laughs> take that in mind, but no, anyway, the title of the poem is my simple word. I felt a gnawing pit when I first heard the sounds, it was sharp and vulgar. I didn't even know its meaning. Those who spat its vinegar sounded like baboons, unintelligently spewing toxic verbiage for the world to hear. Then I toyed with it, used it once or twice at school. I had limits with the power of such language, hiding it from my mom, my dangerous little secret, mimicking my dad, reserving it for angry moments. One day, I was dragged by the ear to the principal's office. They called my mom and they told her all about my gross misuse. My guilt and her shouts shut me up for a good long while, but it came back, creeping into my mouth time after time. One evening, I paced through the grass, letting fly the alluring word. The next morning, my my loud-mouthed aunt sat with folded arms. She turned the word against me. She showed me its power. 
hurling its sound to every corner of the dumbstruck room, a theatrical display of heated horror, to scare this mouth straight. My cousins were stunned. I was hot, burned from embarrassment. It turned to resentment, and later to comedy, a memory only I keep. The weight I assigned sounds, meaningless vibrations, overtook my mind, filling me with a harrowing guilt and shame from a trivial habit that I felt futile to rise against. One night, I asked my mom what the worst word could be. She laughed. She shook her head. It rhymes with duck. I'll never forget that very first slip, an innocent question. My little voice squeaked, fuck? So that's that's kind of a funny poem I wrote uh, again in that same period, that time period, 2019. Um, and I love this poem. I, it's it's one of my favorite poems I have ever written because it pulls me through a whole timeline of my life, right? Um, and I, I like that. I like kind of like a little time travel. It's like stepping in a little time travel car that's oriented just about one thing, but you see so much in the process, for me at least. Um Obviously, I know I have memories tied to each stanza of this of this poem, but you know, for the, for the onlookers, there's and for the readers, there's you know, I would imagine at least, and I've been told from 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 saying this poem, you know, uh, performing, I guess you could say, I don't know if you'd call it performing, but performing the poem in front of um, you know my class several times, and you know, it's kind of something that that someone you know you're able to relate to it's you know the that word is something that is pretty common in society and so it's something that you're able to relate to 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 some varying degree right and uh so yeah i kind of had fun with it i really enjoyed writing this poem it like i said it's gone through so many different edits and variations and and it's just fun it's just so fun i think it's a fun one and it reminds me of a terrible terrible memory and but at the same time it's hilarious now and it's pulling me back through school and and my parents and my relationship with them and and all of these great things that i that i that are fun to fun to remember and and hilarious to laugh about now so definitely a fun poem again that poem is called my simple word so the last poem i'm gonna read is it's called American Made, and it's it's definitely a bit of a different tone. It's not really funny or anything like that. It's it's actually a poem I wrote during that same um, 2019 time period, but I it was for a different class. I kind of used my poetry writing uh, desire to to use writing a poem as my creative project for a history class I was taking. I was taking an American Revolution history class, right? The final project of the class was basically to do something creative um, in a creative way, some form of art that exemplifies or shows uh, some little aspect about the history that we'd learned that that uh, at that in that last unit, right? And so this poem is actually specifically from the perspective of an African American slave during the American Revolution, not the Civil War, but the American Revolution. Right, and it's it's from the perspective of an African American slave who is being forced to confront the challenges of racism that were embedded in the leadership of both Loyalist Britain at the time and Patriot America at the time. Right, so again, American Revolution. The poem is called "American Made." They speak of revolution, 
a spark of freedom's charge igniting the marrow of their bones with a life and love and passion that must have laid dormant, waiting for the moment when opportunity would come knocking. Lighting this path of independence rushed down with eager feet ready to claim the world anew. They speak of revolution, yet their tongues seem to forget the ones who bend their backs to serve the master's whip. Our excitement erupted when rebels made claims of all men being created equal, of rights endowed by our God, of a pursuit of life with substance, unhindered by the cuffs of bondage, words spoken with fire and affection, drafted on white parchment, only to be penned with black ink. But always, there's another way, when Tories promised land to till, handing out freedom to every man who can stand and pull the trigger, granting our agency with as swift a word as they can form on their lips. Below this charade of two wolves playing tug-of-war over us, incubates an attitude embedded in their language, carved on their heart, molding the images their eyes choose to see. If I serve as a slave to a rebel man, I make freedom's cut, by Tory's book. If I am bound to a loyal lord, I am cast aside, institutionalized, in a system built from the ground up to ensure this farm is the highest I'll rise. Those Tory's eyes aren't seeing too clear when I stand beside someone as dark as me. He's labeled property, and I am seen as free. Our fields sit side by side, our families work together. Our fingers are worn and rough, our clothes are torn and weathered. This illusion of choice, a new mask for manipulation, donned to shelve the actual conversation of when the hell we get to be treated like people. So, yeah, that is a, that's a poem I wrote for that class, that American Revolution class. And it really describes a very specific point in history when um, you had, you know, African-American slaves kind of being torn between you have, you know, Britain and America and America saying that, you know, all men are created equal and all of these things and life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness and, and all of that. But, uh, you know, on the other side, there's there's Britain and, and their loyalty to Britain and and kind of where that lies in the whole in the whole uh in the whole relationship there it's really complex and depending on who was your you know your master at the time if you were a slave depending on if your master was a a loyalist a british uh, you know loyalist or a a patriot would completely depend on the way you were treated and so it was really really an interesting time in in history and it really has a lot of good themes that kind of stretch forward into history into today as well and so um yeah, that was that's my poems. That's my four poems that I wrote uh, a couple of years ago. I I kind of just picked them out of that out of my my document that I have as a as a you know 2019 poetry collection. They're they're not um, you know there's a whole bunch more in there, and I'll may, might do some more in the future. Um, if you did like that, if you did like this and did enjoy listening, definitely let me know if this is a something you guys you know enjoy every now and then a little poetry night, you know. Um, additionally, I do think it'd be fun to have uh, submissions where you know you guys, the the listeners, can can submit poems of your own or poems that you have read that you enjoy that you want to you know just hear read on the podcast. And so um, we'll get there, you know, down the road. And there's a lot of things coming, like I said. 
But uh, I think that's where I'm going to wrap up the episode, guys. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to follow Bedletter on whatever platform you prefer. Remember that you can add your name to the monthly newsletter list, join the community Discord server, and more over on my website, cashleman.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, I do have a Patreon page with some really cool donation benefits as well. Uh, If anything from today's episode has sparked a thought for you, please feel free to share that either in the Discord or in the comments section of my blog or over on my Instagram. Uh, It's just at cashleman. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Make sure you check out this Friday's episode. Uh, coming out. Like I said, big, big, big things on the horizon. It's going to be super fun and interesting. Um, I hope you guys have an awesome week, and I will see you next time on Bed Letter. Bed Letter.